0: Hey, Table Talk Radio, we're going to crunch this You Say by Lauren Uh Oh, yeah, we, could, we don't know if it's a praise song crunch or if it's preaching to Hollywood. You'll have to decide. Thanks for tuning in. Here comes Table Talk Radio. A radio show that confesses Christ. Without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously.
1: Without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to... Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, Wait a minute, you're <laughs> he mistaken. Said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed
0: that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, And it so, 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 so deserves to be crunched. I mean, mega crunched. So, uh, you guys, put (laughs) the mega crunch crunch on the song. That would be awesome. (laughs) Keep uh, preaching the word. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious.
1: Keep Table Talk Radio weird. Hey. (laughs) Wow. Congratulations over there. I think so I'm still mourning. Ah uh, well so in case you haven't heard, Pastor Wolf Miller has accepted a call to Austin, Texas. What's the name of the congregation down Two there? Two congregations. St. Paul Lutheran Church
0: uh, right in downtown Austin, Texas and also Jesus Lutheran Church of the Deaf also connected to the uh, School of the Deaf there in Austin, Texas. Oh so, so you'll be a uh, dual parish pastor? Dual, dual parish. It's kind of lopsided a little bit. St. Paul's it kind of stands on its own and but the uh, the Church of the Deaf is it's um it's its own it's congregation, ministry. It's its own congregation uh, that's there as well,
1: and so to be able to serve them both, that's great. Okay, excellent, fantastic. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so I'm I'm curious because I, I haven't gone through this, but I mean this I maybe comes to a surprise for some people because I think people think pastors will either be in a church for like two or three years or they'll just be there forever and they'll yes. just bury him was under the for. altar Be like they do. Be there forever. That was the plan. <laughs> uh, so I was wondering, um, f- first, two things, but first, if there's something um, that you're looking forward to, because every congregation is all about word and sacrament, that we would preach the gospel, minister the sacrament, um, and do everything a congregation does. But uh, each congregation also has unique opportunities for ministry that uh, is, is there, not Maybe somewhere else, I was wondering if there's any of those that you're looking forward to in Austin a lot I mean, so hope has had a lot of those too Austin looks like
0: it will have a, um a lot of opportunities as well so number one the the um the the congregation that's serving the deaf community there at the school of the deaf it's amazing that the deaf community is the least Christian of any sort of way of dividing up people. Interesting. It's less than 5% of people who are deaf are believers in Jesus. It's unbelievable. So there's fewer deaf Christians by percentage than anything else. So this is an incredibly important outreach opportunity. It also has, the congregation also has a, a blind ministry, outreach to the blind community there in Austin. So those two are really exciting. And the church is just, it's like six blocks from the University of Texas. So it works... Uh, together with the uh, the campus ministry that's there, has a bunch of ESL classes that meet there on campus and stuff like this. One of the things that churches identify, they want to do a music ministry as well, they, that they want to use their excellence in, in music and liturgy and, and extolling the beauty of the Lord's Word to reach out to the community. And it's right there in the middle of Austin, Texas, which is, like you said, a weird place, Austin, you know, Texas is generally conservative. Austin is generally not, so there'll be plenty of opportunity for some stuff there. I, I'm I'm looking forward to try to get down on campus or at least close to the campus and do some on-street interviews, that kind of stuff. And the congregation seems just re- kind of ready to go. You know, they've they've had some um, major decisions they had to make in the last. Few years closing of really old school. They, the congregation started in eighteen ninety one, and the school started pretty quickly thereafter. It just closed mm. a couple of years ago, so that's like okay. What's
1: what's next now? What's coming? So great. Now the second question I have for you is: uh, You've been in in Aurora at Hope Lutheran Church for fourteen years. Is that right? It'll be fourteen years in June. Wow. Whew. Um. Is there? I mean, this is probably hard to do, but if you look back on fourteen years and the and the ministry that has taken place. Is are there is there one or two moments that sticks out in your mind that you'll probably carry with you uh, to the day you die? I remember uh, I had the opportunity to fly up to Oregon to DJ a wedding. <laughs> I was going to say, I think there's a lot of DJ opportunities in Austin, so that business can get off the ground. <laughs> I t- tell me what you think
0: about this. I told the Bible class this yesterday. This is as close as, I, as I've ever come to having a vision as a pastor. Are you ready for this? It was at my wedding. That's fantastic. No. Not that. oh. <laughs> there comes the uh, the bride of Christ. No, that's the bride of heaven. One guy told me a Bible class yesterday, by the way. He reminded me. He says, "Pastor, you know you did my you baptized me, you confirmed me, and you married me." Was all was He was kind of, he was just, you know, waiting for you to do the funeral. I know. I know. So the I had this vision, I was giving this was probably 3 years ago. I don't, it's not i shouldn't call it a vision, but it was it was, so peop the families of the congregation were coming up for the lord's body and blood at at communion and i uh, the first i knew the first family was really worried about something I think it was like the the possibility of a deployment for the dead, and I saw them you know i knew that's what they were worried about, and it's like they came to the rail and they just it's like they dumped it right over mm. And then the next person comes up, and I know that she had a surgery that was upcoming a couple of weeks from then, and I could almost—I couldn't physically see it—but it's almost like that worry was just being dumped over. And I said, "Wow, that's something." And then the next person came up, and I know that they were worried about their daughter-in-law who had some mental illness stuff, and blam—that's dumped over like this. And then this just kept happening, like every family, every person, every individual that came up, would had. Their, their worries that here's my grandkids that aren't going to church and here's my brother who's not baptized and here's my friend who has mental illness and what th- this is one thing after another after another and it seemed like halfway through this the distribution i was it's like walking through all of these concerns that are just left there at the altar it's really quite quite wonderful hmm. and if there's a picture of i think Think the benefits of a long ministry in a place. That's it. Just it. It's not just that I'm there preaching, but that the people know me, and and I know them, and that their their burdens I'm helping to bear, and and my burdens they're helping to carry. And there's this. It's not only. It's this partnership and a friendship and a really a really profound, deep affection uh, for the for the people here. And that's tough. I, I'm still. Trying to come to terms with that. I, this ever since this call came, I didn't see how to escape it. I mean, it just is. Everything was great. Uh, it looked like a really good opportunity, and it seems like it's probably time. Time for for me. Time for hope. Time. Just seems like it makes sense. But, man, oh man, leaving's just almost impossible. I didn't think I'd be able to do it. Hmm. I still, I was still kind of thinking it hey, can hey. But it is so you got to just pull the trigger now. Now it's. it's so we're slowly turning. We'll spend the next two months trying to ramp things up here. We'll end here in May. Um, got the trip to Spain in June and then get
1: started down in Texas, probably into June, very beginning of July. Hmm. Now, my last question is, does this give Tabletop Radio an exit plan?
0: <laughs> I was hoping so. But apparently, I said, hey, uh, you want to take the month off? And I was hoping you say, well, let's just keep going. Take <laughs> everything keep, off. Keep going of take, not doing Let's it. just take the future <laughs> off. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should make that. You want to take a break for the future? (laughs) All right, but alas, I
1: think we're gonna keep doing this. So you're gonna you're gonna move your studio. Your people don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you have pictures on Facebook. I don't know what people know, but but you've you have a little studio set up there in your in your study at Hope. Is is that studio gonna make it to Austin, Texas? It it's like um it it's a portable studio. So it's like a what is this thing that I have it in? It's
0: like a computer desk. With the with cabinet, it's like a ca- computer cabinet. It has all my radio junk in it, with the foam boards falling off and
1: everything. And I could just—I think I could just close it, move it, and open it, and it'll be ready to go. Sweet, great. All right, let's do some buzzwords, and we'll finish out this segment. And then I think we have some praise song crunching to yeah, do today. Yeah, we do. Wow. Do we ever? All right. So, what's your buzzword, Pastor? My Will buzzword for, y- word for you is mediated call. <laughs>
0: okay. We just explained it already but you know what there's two this is an interesting distinction that chemnitz is going to hone in on us very helpfully he's going to hone in on it for us and that is the difference between an immediate call and a mediated call an immediate call is a call directly from god like the calls of the prophets and the apostles a mediated call is a call that comes through means namely the church and so the pastors now like you and i have a mediated call so it's a divine call it comes from the lord but it comes through the church uh, and uh, is mediated in that way. So that now the the difference between a mediated call and an immediate call is a couple. The, the one is that the immediate call is testified to by miracles, whereas a mediated call is not. But the main difference between a mediated call and an immediate call is that now you and I don't speak directly for God. We we speak the words of those who speak directly for God. For God. So that you and I, Evan, as with our offices as mediated calls we don't say the word of the lord came to me but rather we say the word of the lord came to isaiah or zephaniah or paul and he wrote and now we're teaching the apostolic
1: scriptures we're teaching those things that have been revealed to us so it's important to have that distinction all right my theological buzz phrase for you is revocation of the call and uh, this is (laughs) Sometimes people think... That's how much time I have before I get into this. Just nine seconds. All right. I'm going to explain what my buzz phrase means right after this. are we done with our segment? I know. We're going on and on and on about uh, the call and and all this, but uh, it's worthy to... To consider these things, uh, when we get back, we're gonna find out how a pastor can have his call revoked, and oh, what yeah. circumstances that <laughs> That's might a be. Cheery topic. Yeah, I thought it fit. You know, maybe for those in Austin, want to know how do we get rid of this guy? We want we want to know what we're getting into. I don't, I'm pretty sure nobody listens. Oh, Otherwise, okay. I wouldn't have gotten this. Call. That's true. Good point. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, nice bump. Keep showering the compliments.
0: It's not a radio show. It's a relationship. Stay tuned for more Table Talk Radio. I'm taking some old Luther stuff, pulling it out of the collections and publishing it. You can download it for free or buy them for 5 bucks. Find it, the Everyone's Luther, at wolfmuller.co. Click on the books at the top of the page.
1: All right, we're back here on Table Talk Radio talking about the Divine Call. And so uh, sometimes I think churches are. You know who uses DJ quads now the way for his bump music? Uh, Is the Fisk on his Sharper Iron show every morning. I'm glad he's coming around. (laughs) The reason that's funny is because you've been bugging me about it forever, and I got two, but I haven't gotten the rest yet. So hope you enjoyed those two bo- bumps because. <laughs> well, then we
0: got to go back to the. Yeah. No. I, every time
1: I forget how bad they are. <laughs> well, you'll be reminded soon enough. Uh, well, so I think sometimes uh, churches think, look, we we call. It's kind of like when uh, I'm. A, I wonder if you've ever used this line with your children. Uh, I brought you into this world. <laughs> and I can take you out of this world. Do you ever have to use that line? That's kind of not of a best line to use i suppose uh but something that fathers sometimes say i think churches think that way too i we extended this call and we can take it away Uh, but here's the thing Um, the way that this is set up is uh, a very godly biblical practice because imagine what it would be like if the uh if the prophets could be terminated (laughs) so so here comes jonah and he says uh people of nineveh repent and they say you're fired. <laughs> well, that's basically what liberalism does. It's like Paul says, "Hey, I don't permit a woman to preach or teach it in the church." I'm like, Paul, you're out. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, but, we're but taking see, away your. We're taking away your office. But see, this is why we don't understand the at least theologically what the what the pa- the pastor's role, the pastor's office, isn't an employment in which he can be terminated just because he's not reaching benchmarks or he's not really going in the right direction or something like this. We don't understand it as employment. And and the reason is so that the, the pastor can speak the Word of God in season and out of season, uh, so that even even when the preaching gets tough, the preacher still has a job to do, um, and that the people of God, when at least when they're acting uh, according to the Scriptures, they don't terminate that pastor for any reason. Now, there are reasons, though, to revoke a pastor's call and there are three perhaps okay Um, should i jot these down yeah you might want to jot them down you you might want to know these you might want to i don't know avoid these uh but one of them is the uh persistent teaching of false doctrine now i I say persistent because uh let's say this is like the pastor cruncher yeah it is do you teach false doctrine (laughs) persistently well i I say persistently because i'm gonna escape this rule by just not teaching anything at all just like showing YouTubes of Jim Gaffigan. The, uh, I'm not sure that would work either. Persistence in not teaching? So if you're standing there in the pulpit in Austin, Texas, and you're preaching that Jesus was is not true God, he's uh, and the Trinity is a big hoax, if you're preaching that kind of thing, uh, the people of God would call you to repentance and say, Pastor, repent for these things that you've preached. And if you refuse, you, you continue in this false teaching uh then it is grounds to revoke a pastor's call. Uh another reason would be uh immoral living. And uh, and this one isn't necessarily a matter of re- uh, of impenitence or not. So for example, uh let's say a pastor a pastor who's married uh gets a girlfriend. Um just because uh he has he may maybe he has done this thing uh and it's a you know open sin and he is even repentant. Um, it still would not be fitting for him to continue in the office because he's disqualified himself from the office. Right. Uh, so in 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 the matter of false, preaching false doctrine, it's not you know one strike you're out. We 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 uh, would take the pastor's side and say, look, this is what the scriptures say, and the pastor can repent and say, sorry, I I, I preached something that was false and I repent. But for immoral living, open openly immoral living, uh, then. Uh, then he could disqualify himself from the office. And then the third reason would be either inability or uh, unwillingness to carry out the duties of the office. So there are certain things that you have to do. You have to get up Sunday. You have to you have to serve in church. Uh, you need to take communion to the shut-ins. You have to go to hospital visits, uh, Teach teach the youth. These are just functions, duties that you have to do. And if you're unable, like you had a heart attack and you can no longer do those duties, or maybe you're just a lazy bum and you'd rather uh sit at home and play video games all day um and and refuse to, to repent for that um then I suppose that would be a reason to revoke a call. Huh
0: okay. I got it down. Got I, it? I all right. people I know, of Austin. Well, <laughs> just got he who has ears let don't play video games all day. You did now you said it's so it's you, you don't even if you want to play video games all day, but I imagine you could want to do that as long as you don't.
1: But yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm i just checking. That, I think that's true. Does it matters, it's, it's a matter because, of concupiscence or an actual? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that does make a difference. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't want to do this radio show, but yeah, I'm here, aren't I? So I, don't, I mean, I credit don't wonder what. I'm just glad that being a host of Table Talk Radio wasn't on your <laughs> list of things to disqualify you. It's probably pretty close. Well, we're searching the <laughs> scriptures, but uh, so far... <laughs> okay, so the Praise <laughs> Song Cruncher, what is this all about? Uh,
0: remember how the you can't be, you can be kicked out of office for refusing to teach any doctrine? Right, Didn't right, 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 right. So we well we decided some time ago, some years ago, back in the old days.
1: Man, how many years have we been doing this? Talk about nostalgia. You're, uh, you're kind of walking down memory lane at the moment, aren't you? I am.
0: I remember a specific moment in time. I was exiting I-225 getting off on the Colfax as getting ready to turn west on Colfax to head over to Hope Lutheran Church. And someone called me on the cell phone. Remember the old cellular phones? And uh, and they said, hey, uh, Brian, you should write something about these praise songs that were approved for use in churches. So it was years ago. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll talk about how we just approved all these churches, those songs with false doctrine." So I went and I looked them up, all these songs that we just approved to find the false doctrine. I was sure that I was just open up the song and the false doctrine would leap off of the page but alas <laughs> no such thing happened i start, and i remember we were doing this with that chris tomlin song how great is our god and i'm looking mm-hmm. at this although i think there is probably some false doctrine in that one, but I was looking it's like I, there's, there's not really false doctrine in these songs because there's no doctrine at all and i said well how do you critique that how do you critique the teaching of something that doesn't teach it's like critiquing false doctrine in a fire hydrant they're like well it doesn't teach falsely well, does that mean you should have a fire hydrant in the middle of your sanctuary? Probably not. So that, so it occurred to me or us in this time that we needed a, a more subtle, more sophisticated tool to get our hands around the thing that is the praise song. So we started investigating what should be. It, it, it reminded me. Did I, Have I told you this? I probably have. We've been doing this forever and ever. About when I was growing up and they used to have the greased watermelon thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so grabbing a hold of the theology of the praise song is like grabbing a hold of a greased watermelon and you know the safest place to be if you if you if you have a bunch of 10 year old boys trying to get a greased vaseline covered watermelon out of a swimming pool in the hot Texas summer <laughs> you know the safest thing to be in that situation is, The watermelon. (laughs) So probably five or six boys are going to be carted off to the hospital, but the watermelon will sit there bobbing up and down. You know, you grab a hold of it, and it shoots out, and then you get drowned. Now, that's how the praise song is. So we needed something, a subtle tool, to which we invented the praise song cruncher, which has gone through a number of revisions, but it's a tool to help evaluate the usefulness of a praise song with specific view towards the mystical content of of the song. We realize that mysticism is what we're after here because that, as it puts people moving towards a direct and internal experience of the presence of the divine, it is not using assertions, but rather... Images, impressions, and it's and uh, repetition, the style itself, is trying to induce that experience. So we asked the question, uh, is Jesus mentioned, yes or no? Uh, is there a mystical form, mystical content? Is the law and gospel hanging around? And is there anything else that the praise song cruncher missed? That last one is just to, to make sure that if we want to really get mad at something, but the tools is
1: inadequate, we can do it ourselves, so... I, I was it that the uh, the commission on worship or whatever that commission is called that that released the for the Lutheran Christmas Rescinded uh, they're the ones that released the list of approved songs. Yeah, I wonder what their criteria was. Uh, I mean, I like to see. Hey, could you send me the criteria at which these were these were considered? I mean, I mean they, maybe it was just false doctrine. They, they had it. I think they had some criterias. Yeah, and false. Uh, yeah, false doctrine was certainly one of them so it'd be interesting to say hey I have a I have a, I have a fifth question or whatever the number is uh, you know and that's a question of mysticism now as we pointed out a lot of praise song writers um, aren't embarrassed to engage in the mysticism idea in fact they think that's their their song writer obligation. To uh, to have mysticism because uh, many Christians think that it's through the emotions that you engage with God. So to to write a song that deals with God in this intangible kind of a way uh, is is what the song should be designed to do. Mm-hmm. But this should be an assault, well, really to all Christians. Um, but particularly to Lutheran Christians who have made it their confession that God works with us and deals with us in the tangible through the means of grace and word and sacrament. So if if you confess that God deals with us through word and sacrament, then you cannot be okay with the God of mysticism as found in the praise songs. Okay, if you want to be that grumpy about it, I suppose so. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Throw me. me under the butt. Yeah, I'm the grumpy one. Yeah, good point. That's right, that's right. <laughs> okay. So uh we're out of time already. Are you for... kidding me? What it's is like, wrong with time? It's like a table talk radio time warp. I know. Are you sure? Uh let me check. Clocks yep. move faster there in Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> you're like on. I'm on standard time. You're on metric. I know. It's because because we're talking about getting rid of daylight savings time. That's probably what explains. You're it. You're like kilometers per hour over there, or something. That's, that's what what it is. really fast. Okay, so we'll actually get into the praise song crunching after this. That's Let's, two segments. That's two segments that's done away with. But here's the song. You'll get this. You say by Lauren uh, Dangle. Is that how pronounce it? Lauren Dangle. I, I don't. Dangle? I'm not. A, I'm not a good on that pronunciation. Anyway. That's the song you say. That's the praise song we'll be crunching here on Table Talk Radio. Well, there's no end. Bagel. Bagel? Because some people have a high pain tolerance. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey,
0: daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org.
1: What am I going to learn just to turn your channel off for these bumps? Do-do-do-do. Okay, so here is what we're doing: some praise song that? cruncher, and here's a song. Why don't you read the email here? You want to? Uh, you have the email there?
0: Yeah, somewhere close by. Which I'm busy making the my chronological dates of the Old Testament here. I'm gonna switch over to.
1: This. I know. Sorry to sorry to interrupt your work. By the way, just. Uh, trying to do a little table talk. What's going
0: on, man? Okay, let's see. Which one? Top one here. This is at...
1: Hey there, pastors. I was...
0: Oh, let's see. This is from Molly from Alabama, Australia. Hi there, pastors. I was shocked, shocked to hear a Christian commentary, contemporary worship song played this evening on Top 40 pop radio station and thought that it might be... Is Top 40 the same in Australia because they use the metric system? Uh, I don't think she's from Australia. <laughs> but wait a minute. My, my question was hilarious. <laughs> Though it might be a good contender for the praise Song Cruncher, or since it's the pop radio station, maybe a praise Song or Pop Song praise Song Cruncher preaching the Hollywood Super Game. Oh,
1: marvelous idea. Anyway, give it a crunch. It's You Say by Lauren... Danganil. You know, you might want to start working on your Texan accent. Have you thought about that? <laughs> Carrie, you know, have you. Have I told you that when Carrie says my Texas accent comes out,
0: it's when I get pulled over by the highway patrol man? <laughs> Does this happen a lot? It's, well, no, it happened once, and I think she was delusional because it was like four in the morning, and the guy pulled me over. Where are you headed, son? And I said. I'm going to visit my Meemaw in Kerrville. Now, it's hard to say that sentence without being a little Texan. <laughs> but Carrie heard it like this. Well, sir, I'm going to visit my Meemaw in Kerrville. <laughs> now, I, I do not think that that's what happened, but there's a bit of a controversy uh-huh. amongst the theologians of the
1: Wolfmuller House about, <laughs> about how that particular event unfolded and with what accent. I'd like to see the theses and the antithesis on, on that <laughs> theological debate. One person says, I was talking normal, you were sleeping. The other <laughs> says, you were using a Texas
0: accent. To which the officer says, well, be careful, son, there's a lot of deer in the dark.
1: <laughs> and he let me go.
0: Uh-huh. so And then Carrie you... got pulled over, uh-huh. headed home which was great. I mean, I don't know, the highway patrolmen were all over. And I we, it wasn't like we were, you know, going I think I was maybe going 5 or 6 miles over the speed limit, but you know how they have different night and dark speed limits there. Yeah. and the day. Anyway, she got pulled over and her license was expired, and she got what for by the officer? Uh-oh. Told to sit in back. <laughs> So that didn't help her
1: recollection of the events. Uh, I, I was see. just going to say it. I see. <laughs> I see. Well, I don't know I don't know why time goes by so fast on this show. I just can't figure that out. Anyway, we need to get to the praise song crunch. Here's the song um called You Say by Lauren Daigle. nangle and. Get the lyrics
0: there i do i keep fighting voices in my mind that say i'm not enough
1: wait a minute i've heard this before you have yep. those you recognize those Every
0: voices Interesting. This is actually gonna be we should have started actually talking about this. Remind me once
1: again just who I
0: am. thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity.
1: Uh-oh. nah. uh-oh. What was it? Ooh-oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was a <laughs> uh-oh. You <laughs> say <laughs> I'm loved when I can't feel... Oh, yeah, that's like,
0: that's what's called the thing. the thing. Of course. Yeah. Taking all I have, and now I'm laying it at your feet. You have every failure, God. Look, God. See that? Mm. And you'll have every victory. Uh-oh. Not uh I believe what you say of me. This is, this is fascinating. I this, there is a
1: ton to talk about here. A ton. Of okay. Things. Well, let's. Uh, so let's talk about how this song, which I didn't even know. So I, I've heard this song in the radio. I heard it on the
0: radio the other day, and Carrie said, "I think this is a praise song that snuck on." Huh. She was right. She's going to sniff that stuff out.
1: Well, uh, kudos to her. Mm. Um, maybe maybe she has more legitimacy in the uh, the the police pullover debate now <laughs> what uh, <is> that? hey <laughs> <laughs> but okay but but so here's the song i don't know if it's a praise song it's certainly a christian song at least i mean the artist is a christian oh, so we, we heard a little soundbite where she was questioned uh are you a christian artist and she's like i'm just an artist you know i don't really want to be Identify it as one or the other. I just want to encompass everything. But I mean, obviously, this is a, a, a Christian song. She's a Christian artist, but it made it under the you know top forty. Um, now, normally, when this happens, because it happens so rarely, uh, like a lot of Christians think, oh, we've we've arrived in this world. We we are now finally bringing the gospel to the world. Now that our our Christian song made it on the secular radio stations. Now, is the gospel contained herein, is the question. Uh, that's the question? I, I, Well, so, yeah, I think that's
0: actually a good question to ask. So let's see. Well, here. thank you. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't kind think of thought it was, was an obvious first, question. But... I've come around. <laughs> it took me a little while. So, because what, so let's, uh, maybe, so to get to the gospel thing, what is the big problem here? Yes. What's the problem in the song? What is the, what is the problem with my life? And it just it'll say it. I have voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I'll never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and low? Remind me once again just who I am, because I need to know. Now this is a que- now this is a, a question of identity. Who am I? And specifically, who am I as an individual? What, mm-hmm. what, what? How how am I supposed to judge my own ego? Now that, and the the determination here is that my ego is, I've got I've got voices in my head that are telling me that I'm what I'm not enough, for who for what I'm not sure that I'm not special then you say i'm loved when i can't feel a thing you say i'm strong when i'm weak so we have the voice of god coming in to contradict my own feelings my own thoughts my own shortcomings but here so, so that my identity now is found in what god says of me there's something really really wonderful about that i mean uh,
1: there's a there's a there's a little gem of absolute wonder right so this is going against what the praise song normally does which is to invoke a particular feeling and this song mm-hmm. is saying um, I'm going to listen to the p- promise of God that I am loved even when I don't feel that I don't mm-hmm. feel a thing it says mm-hmm. so this line here the only thing that matters now is everything you think of
0: me mm. that is theological gold mm. It. I mean, it reminds me in some ways of Luther's Heidelberg Theses. Well, no, no, no. Luther's anthropological Theses, where he says that man is justified, and we we are what God says of us. So is it, now here. Now it's interesting. It would be even better if she said that. The only thing that matters now is everything you say of me. But it's true that what the Lord thinks of us, he says of us. Mm. So we, we don't want to, we're not trying to figure out what God thinks of right. us in some sort of secret place. He declares what he thinks of us in the forgiveness of sins. I forgive you. I love you. In the death of Jesus, we know the thoughts that the Lord has towards us, not thoughts of destruction, but thoughts of love and affection and so forth. It's amazing. But, what, here, but, now, but look at this. It, you say I am strong when I think I am weak. Well, so it's like I think. So it's like who, who's who's right or who's wrong? I think I'm weak. God says I. God says I'm strong. There it has what He says. That's really nice. God says I'm strong. What if I actually am weak though? Yeah, yeah. But it's not just that I think I'm weak. I am weak. What if it's not just that I think I'm a sinner? I I am a sinner. So I am a sinner. And what does the Lord say of me that my sins are forgiven and that the thing that the Lord says is what matters.
1: Right, we want to be careful that this isn't just uh, uh, the person saying, "Boy, I, I feel like I'm not good enough," but God is coming along and saying, "Oh no, son, you are good enough." Right, that's right. Like I'm, like look I, in the I, mirror, uh, <laughs> I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Gosh darn it, God likes me. <laughs> but so, so the the Christian perspective, the biblical perspective, would be. Uh, indeed, you are right. You are not good enough, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is why I sent my son to die for you. And uh, and this promise comes because of that. Um, that you are righteous in my sight. Now, see, that's something different, right? That's not pointing to one's intrinsic value. It's pointing to one's. It's uh, pointing to the declaration of God. What He says of you, which is what matters. Just uh, thirty seconds left. There is a way too that this obsession with
0: identity. And who I am is one of the modern It's a it's a modern theological mark and one of the things that the gospel does is it we start to to in fact lose ourselves so it doesn't who I am in my own ego doesn't matter I I have something I have something greater the the, the forgiveness of sins sets me free to not even worry
1: about my own identity anymore Mm -hmm. okay We'll talk a little bit more about this after the break, or a lot. I don't know. Do you have more to talk about this? Yeah, we got more. And I think we should run it through the cruncher. Yes, we should. So we'll be doing that right after this. Stay tuned to Table Talk Radio. Part-time hosts. Full-time nonsense.
0: You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The Sunday drive home grappling with the text and the Theo vlog. These are some of the playlists on the YouTube channel. Visit YouTube slash Wolfmuller1. Check it out there.
1: Okay, so we are crunching the song You Say by Loring Daigle. And, and we're going to, uh, oh, so I need to get the praise song cruncher. But I think the first question is, is Jesus mentioned? Yes, no. no. And if God shows up. Ah. God shows up. I saw it in a line here. It
0: says, um, uh, you have every failure, God, and you'll have every victory. Isn't it interesting? You have every failure, present tense. You'll have every victory, future tense. Remember how the language has different tenses? It switches there. there, and then it says, uh-oh. I wonder how you spell uh-oh. uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Now, um, so God is mentioned, but not Jesus. No specificity here for death and resurrection or anything like that.
1: Okay. So, what about mystical form? Well, it's, it. not, well, uh, it sounds a little mystical, doesn't it? Yeah. Can you play so, like five seconds of it? So, uh, uh Okay, sure. I can do that.
0: Is that nice? It sounds like a praise in song. I don't know why the radio is like a praise I find my See, it's about this identity.
1: Ooh. She hit the basement on that one. Did you hear that? Really? How low it was? Yeah, she was like... My identity. <laughs> That's exactly how it sounded. Uh, well, let's start with let's start with this question: Was there sentence fragments or complete sentences? Uh, sentence.
0: I, I think it's almost all sentences. Oh, I believe. Taking all I have now, I'm laying at your feet. You have every. Yeah, I think it's mostly so, sentences. Repetition. It's it repeats the chorus a couple of times, three times. In fact, it's just sort of. So it's slightly repetitive. I'd put this mid-range for mystical form and mystical
1: sounds, etc. Uh, okay. mystical sounds that's a new one for me anyway mystical. all right now let's look at the mystical context yes okay so okay. is there is there immediacy uh, well, experiencing no, god uh, it's god saying and god thinking it's not
0: just this it's not it's not this direct contact thing but it's it is putting my own
1: thoughts in contradiction to god's thoughts which is one of the things i like about it and yet can I emphasize again what you said earlier about the difference between what God thinks of me versus what God says of me? Yeah, uh, that's a big deal. That's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, so, so what someone thinks of me is just within the the inside of their head, which I'll never know. I mean, I might care what you think about me, but at the end of the day, I'll never know what you think about me, um, unless of course I'll tell you. Yeah, you say it, you say it now. There's no question. I know. I know exactly. What you think of me? What if I what give you the raised say? eyebrow like I'm the Rock? <laughs> but but this is the point that you are making. I mean, this is this is the criticism that we have of uh, Calvinist theology oftentimes because it doesn't uh, emphasize these things being delivered through the means of grace, uh, so that you're left uh, peering into the unknown about God, like uh, his whether we're elect or not elect, and we we don't actually if you don't have the gifts delivered, then you don't actually have. God saying that you just uh, hope or peer into His mind and hoping that you're elect, uh, but in uh, in seeing the means of grace as God's gifts delivered, uh, it's not a thought; it's a it's a spoken thing; it's given. So it's a huge difference. Those two words. Yeah. Yep. It, it the, the 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 hymn here has both. It has
0: the the main line. The only thing that matters is everything you think of me, but it does have a lot to say. You say I'm loved. You say I'm strong. You say I'm held. When I'm falling short, when I don't belong, you say that I'm yours, hmm. which is so. There is saying here. Now, how does God say that? That's the that's the tricky question because for right. the mystic, God says it by just kind of imprinting it, stamping it on the heart. But for for the Christian, He says, says those things through the Scriptures. So so it doesn't say how God says those things. That's where. That's where there's room for the mysticism to come
1: in here. Okay, what about uh, romantic imagery? Not really. What about you say I'm
0: loved when I can't feel the? You say I'm held when I'm falling short. It, uh, not, a little, not. Uh, it kind of leans that way. Loss of self? I don't think so. Well, no, it's a, it's a, it, it's a opposite in some way. It's like my own identity and dignity is like I'm not going to let myself go. What I need you to do, Lord, is come along, and like boost myself. It's Mm. like a, it's like a kind of a, I got damaged self-esteem and I need the, I need the Lord to come along and, and get me out of that.
1: Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, what about, uh, internal? Actually, this is particularly external, at least in so far as the Lord is speaking. Well, yeah, it, but again, it kind of depends on how he's going to speak these things. How is the Lord going to tell me that I'm, that I'm loved
0: I don't know. Exactly. Right.
1: I mean, normally when we when we say someone is speaking, that is by necessity an external thing. It's just that somehow we can uh, re understand that as something internal when it deals with God for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is, but that's a thing that people think. Uh, okay. What about uh, subjective? Uh Oof. This is tricky. What do you think about that? Let me pull the lyrics back up here. Um. I mean, the person. I mean, the the word "I" appears like twenty times in this song. It even has it in parentheses, "I believe I." I believe. Oh, I believe. I it has the cho- the choir singing "I" in the background, right? Um. So it has. I mean, it has a lot to do with the person. But this is what you mentioned before that this has the potential to be more about one's say self esteem. Um. So. But you do have the objective parts of it. So when the first or second verse, the chorus, I guess it is, says, You say, I am loved. I can't feel when I can't feel a thing. That is bringing objectivity to the subject. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So there's a balance here, I think. I think it's a balance. So I would put zero, I can't tell on that one. Yeah. What about uh, law and gospel here? Well, what's the law is.
0: Uh, I can't feel a thing. I think I'm weak. I'm falling short. I don't belong. I have my identity is. What my uh, my uh, my myself. It's a self esteem thing. It's a self esteem sin. Um, that that is the problem, and and so that does not get to the preaching of the law. Hmm. that that's not enough it's yeah. not guilt against god it, and now it's kind of nice i mean that it is true that we are what the lord says of us that's uh but the, what the lord says of us is that we're sinners before he says that his son is dying in our place so it doesn't it doesn't have enough it doesn't go far enough
1: with the law okay uh and then any other false doctrine i don't think so except for this whole kind of obsession with so but i i mean in some ways i
0: I, I hope this is not too negative in the, because i'm I think there's some real real helpful stuff for conversation in this song mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. um even against the praise songs that normally are out there there's some real strong things it's, it's it's just it kind of gets sucked into this modern
1: trap of being about my own identity or or, or whatever All right, we're going to try and do a super crunch now. Uh, Brian from Jonesboro, Arkansas writes Hey, guys, interested in what you think of this song? It's uh, Grace on Top of Grace by Fellowship Creative. Here's the song. Oops, I just clicked. Oh, don't worry, I got it. The entirety of the lyrics were one minute into the song, but there are f- three minutes left in the yeah, song. Yeah, it's
0: gonna be, it's gonna fall into the repetitive trap here.
1: How much time do we have to crunch this, dude? All right, we
0: have one minute. <laughs> All, All right, right Jesus has mentioned. It says the cross, and this actually, it's, it's a, in some ways, it's a modern praise rewrite of, of, uh, of Amazing Grace, which, sh- which just to compare the two would give you a nice perspective because. Uh, amazing grace, even though it's not the best, it does develop some themes. But this song actually has the cross mentioned more than amazing grace. Interesting. Uh, you took my place with your grace on top of grace. That's great. Love I don't deserve. Now, it doesn't mention sin, but it does talk about how we need to be redeemed, etc. The problem is this... the, the the repetitiveness of it is the hypnotic sort of thing. So yep. you cut down the words, you have like five words in the whole song, you repeat it over and over, and it becomes very it becomes mystical. So theological content is probably B. Uh-huh. But it uh, it gets lost because of
1: the, because of the problems of the praise song. Yeah. And this is one of the faster songs you start out with or, or maybe to leave people with. Uh, and the emotion spectrum. So, all right, is this crunched? It's, yeah, it's crunched. I mean, it's got some benefit. Again, it's not. Maybe for the car, I'd 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 say this is will be okay for the car. But. All right, not for worship. All right, that's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. See y'all later. <laughs> Did you like that? Yeah, that was good. Y'all. Like you're before the off Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk See Radio is not for everyone. Mate. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. <sighs> Side effects may include nausea, vomiting headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.